influencer has been used in the English language since the mid 1600s. This pivotal turn has changed over the centuries, evolving from the movement of heavenly spheres to the movement of human speculation. And in the past few years, the term is virtually unavoidable. Yet before TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, or Twitter, Jesus influenced 12 men who turned the world upside down from a grassroots movement. In this episode, we hit the table to ignite the influencer in you and hear from the author of Created for Influence, Will Ford. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight, your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast. This is Sean and Krista Smith. Hey. We are so amped about this episode. We're like yes. a shook up can of Monster <laughs> Energy drink. Yeah, you are. You're excited. I love it. I'm excited too. This is great. I'm super excited. Hey, something really unique just happened. Krista and I both were on separate ministry trips, which is kind of rare for us. We usually only try to be away from each other once a month. Mm -hmm. But she was in Chicago and I was in Baltimore. Yeah. And she did and spoke to some leaders. And then she did an outdoor meeting. And then she spoke in a church. I did a men's conference that was completely outdoors. And then the church service itself was outside due to the social distancing laws and the things that are going on in Maryland right now. So it's very interesting that we both were in outdoor meetings. I know. And what I loved is that I think it brings us back to our roots. I mean, remember the tent revivals of the yes. 40s and the 50s? And it just kind of felt like we're back outside. We're connecting with God through his creation. And I just think it's such a cool opportunity for people that would normally be more intimidated to maybe come inside a church or maybe more open to come to an outdoor gathering. I think it's actually really cool. I personally really have been enjoying it. And you know, the history of great revivals, Krista, is obviously Book of Acts. All their things True. were outside True. for the most part, aside from meeting from house to house. The Cane Ridge revival that spilled into the Second Great Awakening, it mm. was outside. Even up to the Jesus People movement that largely had all of these outdoor Jesus festivals culminating in Expo 72, where Billy Graham took right. tens upon tens of thousands of at that point in time, Jesus freaks is what they would call them. Right, right. That they packed out, but it was an outdoor event. So, so we've cool. got great history there. You know, funny should say that because I really feel like during this time, there's another unique thing that's happening is we're experiencing more outdoor meetings because of the current crisis. The other thing is I really sense that in this season, God is marking the body of Christ with an Issachar anointing and have given us an Issachar mandate. For those of you who don't know the tribe of Issachar, they were one of the 12 tribes. And particularly in the book of Chronicles, David was needing to build up his army. And so each of the tribes brought something. But it's interesting about the tribe of Issachar. They were the only tribe that didn't bring something that was overtly militaristic to the army. But it says of the sons of Issachar that they discerned the times and knew what Israel ought to do. So it was another way of saying they were deeply intuitive, highly intelligent, and profoundly influential. When you think about influence and you think about what it is they brought, no wonder that this was such an important crucial aspect that they right. brought to David's army. I mean, when you think about what they possessed, and we're talking today about influence because it is such a needed conversation and such a pertinent topic. So many people want to be influencers, but they're not understanding the significance nor the responsibility that comes with what it is to be an influencer. All right. I have a question for you, Krista. Okay. All right. Outside of your parents, 
who are some of the major influencers in your life? Ooh, that's, that is a great question. And my parents are amazing. So they would definitely be in that. But besides them, um, I would really say a man by the name of Herb Marks. Um, he has been such a spiritual father and a mentor in my life. He's the one that really called out the prophetic in my life, helped develop that gift within me, taught me what it is to really keep my heart clean before the Lord, really what it is to walk in integrity, uh, just a different level when you have a prophetic voice. Um, I would say someone else is Cindy Jacobs, actually. I have gotten to wow. know her personally through you because she's a spiritual mom. Yep. But for years, I would go to her meetings and she was just such a strong female and moving in the prophetic unapologetically. She'd just be like this battering ram in the spirit that would just cut through and bring the presence of God and the word of the Lord. And it really marked me. And I feel like also gave me permission to really move in the prophetic in my life. And then uh, I think this might surprise some people, um, but Benny Hinn actually super influenced me in my twenties. I would watch uh, all of his meetings and I was just mesmerized by the power of God moving through him, people's lives being impacted. I read his books. I was very, of course, I have never met him personally, but from afar, I felt really like mentored by him, but also inspired and challenged. And lastly, Catherine Coleman. I studied her life again, watched all her stuff that anything I could get my hands on, read her books. And again, just someone that was really surrendered, used mightily by Holy Spirit. Those are the people that really marked me and I believe helped shape in addition to many others that I haven't mentioned of who I am. It's so cool. I could see that and those influences in your life. Really? Oh, yeah. I love that. Thanks, baby. Okay, back at you. Same question. Who has been some of the key influencers in your life? Well, I got saved at a university with a ministry called Chi Alpha. Shout out to the Chi Alpha Nation. Come on. And my original campus pastor was Donnie Moore, and he was so bold. He just was was spiritually fierce. He had no fear of man. And I really feel that boldness really impacted me. Right after that, uh, Mario Marilla, who is still a spiritual mentor of mine yeah. today, that he is a revivalist. Uh, moved in words of knowledge, consistent with healing, and always had a cutting edge, relevant message. Uh, he really impacted me and still does. Another is a guy who's a dad to me today, Gaylord Inns, yeah. a pastor in the Chico area, really a man of wisdom, mm-hmm. a man of humility, a man that yes. really walks in the fruits of the spirit. And then someone else, both by their writings and the fact that I spent a weekend with this man, Leonard Raymill, author of many books, including Why Revival Terry's. I spent a weekend with he and Martha in Lindell, Texas, mightily marked my life. What a gift to get a weekend with Leonard Ravenhill. Life-changing. That is life-changing. You know, talking about what it is to be an influencer, there's this incredible quote by a man by the name of Philip Brooks. And he said, no man has come to true greatness who has not felt in some degree that his life belonged to his race and that what God gives him, he gives for mankind. Philip Brooks, it's very interesting because he was around in the 1800s. Uh, He was part of the North in the Civil War, so he fought against slavery and was very vocal being against slavery. The man wrote, O Little Town of Bethlehem, that Christmas song. Wow. And when he says that uh, no one has come to true greatness and that his life to some degree belongs to his race, obviously speaking of the human race, but I love the latter part of that quote you just gave, Christy. It says that what God gives him, he gives for mankind. That is the definition of being a biblical influencer. I love that. It, it really is a profound statement. Another definition, and if we just look technically, what is the definition of an influencer, which I think is important for the Keep It 100 tribe to really understand what we're basing this on. An influencer is used to refer to someone with the power to alter beliefs of individuals. As a result, it impacts the course of events. 
I love that definition mm-hmm. because good. it's about altering beliefs, not right. just getting people to like you. And there, I think so many go. people today think an influencer just gets a lot right. of likes, a lot of hearts, a lot of follows. But I love that you're altering beliefs. You're changing culture. You know, the history of early influencers from a marketing perspective, because obviously if you're talking about early influencers, you got to go to the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Bible. But the original early influencers from a marketing perspective were kings. Mm. Very often the king of England would be asked to lend his endorsement to a certain play that was out. A playwright would approach him. So many people in England would go see that play or there were poets that asked the kings to lend endorsement. And so early on, these guys were influencing. And then the queen of England jumped in the game and she was used to endorse medicine Mm. for the benefit of common people. And here's another really cool person when we're talking about historical people used for marketing. Uh, The Davis Milling Company was the first to introduce an influencer into the marketing arena. A woman by the name of Nancy Green, she was an African-American who became the face of the popular pancake mix, Aunt Jemima. Right? And so in in 1890, in a time of segregation, slavery, they're using the face of an African-American woman until her death in 1923. Isn't that incredible? Oh, it's super incredible. And to this day, her face is still on the box of Aunt Jemima Pancake Mix. Unbelievable. What a bold move by that company. Right? We used to play this thing called the dozens in the hood. That's where you talk about each other's mama. We can only do that to each other. (laughs) One of the lines we would say is, ain't Jemima on a pancake box? As if to say, isn't your mother on the pancake (laughs) box? But now I recognize when they said that, that was a compliment. She was an amazing woman. That's right. Now, a more modern face of marketing influencers is Kanye West, obviously, and Yeezy sneakers. Adidas is making a lot of money. But before there was Kanye and Yeezys, back in the day, there was a point in time where Adidas profits and market share was at the bottom and they weren't doing very good. And all of a sudden, kind of the proverbial three brothers with three stripes, run DMC, came through in 1986 with me and my Adidas. And when they did that, all of a sudden, it began this kind of modern as we know now, entertainers that will lend their name to certain marketing brands. And so now when we think of influencers, we have bloggers, we have fashionistas, we have gamers pushing certain headphones. We've got certain people on Instagram giving a shout out. And so now we see that there's this whole social media influencer game that is open up to a lot of people. What's really crazy is that when we were researching this out, we discovered that by 2022, the influencer marketing world is estimated to be worth $10 billion. I mean, isn't that incredible? And if you actually Google the word influencer, over 263 million results come up. That's how profound and how, in a sense, is the pulse of current culture today. And you know, it's funny because in 2014, it wouldn't have been that big. Right. I charted and saw that from 2014, the term influencer began to pick up as far as when you would Google it. Mm. Now, what is an influencer? The word literally comes from a Latin word, which means inflow and flow into. Mm. But Jesus was ahead of the game in John 7, 37, when he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and out of their innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. An influencer is a person that drinks of Jesus and allows that drink to become a flow to the world around him. That's so good. Then Jesus, he referred to his followers as light of the world and salt of the earth. And when he did it, he was addressing your influence. Mm. And the obvious thing is that the decisions we make impact those around us. 
Here's what's really important. And these are just a few principles of influence that we wanted to pass along to the Keep It 100 tribe. First and foremost, we all have to understand you as a listener, myself included, every one of us has influence. Do you know that on an average, we discovered that each of us have an average of 10,000 people in our lifetime that we're going to influence. And that influence isn't necessarily because of our position or based on fame or wealth, because there could be some of our listeners like, I don't have a lot of followers. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of connections but guess what? You still have influence. You and I have influence by the way we live. And if we actually believe that we are in fact the light of the world and the salt of the earth that Jesus declares over us, which again, like Sean just said, is addressing the influence in us. Jesus calls it out. That's what he created us with. We have to understand we're going to live different when we know we have influence. That is such an empowering belief Mm -hmm. to understand everybody has influence. Everybody. Second principle of influence is influence is like a muscle. We all know if you don't use a muscle, it atrophies, it diminishes, it gets weaker. Right. So you got to use what you got to get more stronger. Come on. And so whatever influence you have, even if it's just a little bit of influence, a little bit of followers, a little bit of likes, use that influence. And the more you use it, the more that muscle will grow. And you also have to understand if you're not influencing the world, then the world is influencing you. You've got to get on the right end of that equation. So it's time to step up your influence game. Keep your 100 tribe. You know, and we have to be reminded, you and I are accountable to God on how we use our influence. And the truth is, I'm reminded of the parable of the talents. And there was three three people that the master gave talents to. Two of them multiplied their talents and they stewarded them. And then one actually buried his talent because he was afraid of the harsh master. And I'm so reminded, if we don't believe who we are, if we're insecure, if we're afraid, if we're intimidated, we will bury what God's given us, our talent, quote unquote, our gift. And let's actually translate that to what we're talking about today, our influence. If we don't understand who we are, what we carry, we bury it, we sabotage it, we don't utilize it, we don't maximize it. But if we actually believe that we have a valuable, uh, not only message, but that we carry a light of Jesus that can pierce darkness all around us in a world that is aching for an encounter. If we really believe we can change things and bring an influence, we're going to live different. I love that because we must see ourselves as accountable. Right. Because if we use it, then we will wield that influence wisely. Well said. I'm so excited. Keep it 100 tribe. We're introducing a new segment in our Keep It 100 podcast called the Discipleship Discussion. And for our Discipleship Discussion on this episode, we have a great friend of ours, Will Ford. Will Ford is an educator. Will Ford is a marketplace advisor. He is also an author. He travels the globe. He has been called to speak in terms of uh, the racial inequities in our nation. And so right now, I want you to get super excited as we have the Discipleship Discussion with Will Ford. Will, Will, what's going on? I got to tell, keep it 100. This is one of my closest friends on the planet. (laughs) Author of three books. His most recent book is called The Dream King. We're actually going to talk about second book you wrote. Yeah, second. And I did another addition to it. So uh, Created for Influence, Transforming Culture from Where You Are. Awesome, man. Well, I'm super excited about this because back in the day when you talked about influencers, you yeah. talked about coaches, you talked about teachers, mm-hmm. you talked about upright people in right. the community. Now it's a fashion blogger that name drops. Right. It's a gamer that tells you uh, headphones he's wearing as he's playing a game. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Amongst millennials and Gen Zs, 
they say that 86% want to be influencers and a majority of them want to be paid to give their little shot on Instagram. So get it, 86% want to be influencers, wow. but only 12% believe they are influencers. Wow. So 74% of the emerging generation, they want to be, but they don't feel they are. And so this is maybe a great place to begin with you, Will. Yeah. What does being an influencer mean to you? Yeah, well, I want to speak to that 74%. And I want to tell you, believe it or not, you are an influencer, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you are an influencer, especially as a believer, you're an influencer. Uh, in other words, I believe God has created everybody for leadership. And that's what influence boils down to. And you're either a good leader or a bad leader, but you're, you're a leader and uh, people are going to follow you. Everybody has their own sphere of influence. With You're created for influence, matter of fact. That's right. So the way I stumbled into this whole understanding of it was it wasn't through uh, looking what's happened with social media and those things were just kind of coming on the scenes in 2004. But I, I began to realize, though, even before all this stuff happened, that influence, first and foremost, is something that comes over your life. And it's the favor of God given to you for a specific mandate. In other words, favor is not about status. It's about purpose. Ooh. That's, that's, what I, that's what I've learned over the years. At the end of the day, like when you get like uncanny, ridiculous favor in your life, when you get that kind of favor in your life, at the end of the day, it's not about you. Come on, man, say that. It's about all the other people who are hanging on the other side of your obedience. In other words, favor opens doors, but it's influence that changes nations. Because at the end of the day, you'll have to trade favor with man for influence for God. Mm. And so there's this place where you have to make that shift. You, you'll see it in everybody's life. You, you see it with Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah there in uh, Nehemiah 2, he's working for a wicked king at the time. And you could not come into the presence of the king with a, with a sad countenance. So Nehemiah's heart is broken over the condition of his nation, Israel. He's broken over the walls that are torn down. And so he comes before the king with a sad countenance. And he's like, well, so, so what is this? And so he tells the king about what's happened in his nation. And then God gives him favor in that moment. He releases influence. He transitions from favor to influence. And he gets the influence to go back and rebuild the broken walls of the nation. And then Nehemiah says that the good hand of God was on me. It's the interesting word he uses there. The word hand is the Hebrew word yod, which sometimes translators translate as the word influence. And wow. so he, God turned the heart of the king and that king gave Nehemiah what he needed to go ahead and restore uh, the nation of Israel. So anyway, the way I dove into this, though, was a dream. I had a dream. Come on, please share that. Yeah. And then this dream, spiritual pops to me, Dutch, she says to me, you know, God's teaching me a lot through this story about Ahithophel. Uh, I can't remember Ahithophel in the Bible just right offhand right now. Well, it was a little while later. I go on a fast. My Bible falls open to 2 Samuel chapter 15. And I see the name Ahithophel and I freak out. And I was like, oh, this is a real person. And so I read the story. It's this amazing story about King David, the most anointed, got the greatest approval ratings of any king ever up to that time period. But the whole nation, the sentiment of the whole nation shifts against the most anointed king ever. And they turn against him so radically that David has to leave because his son Absalom has turned against him, right? So Absalom yep. turned against him. And the Bible says that Absalom was a real handsome dude, had the long hair. And he shifted the influence of the whole nation by hanging out at the city gates, stealing the hearts of the people one by one. That's what 2 Samuel 15 talks about. And so David has to flee for his life. 
But the person who helped engineer this whole thing was a guy named Ahithophel. So you study it out, you find out that David and Ahithophel were best friends. So how is it that this man who is this consultant for King David, how could this person turn against the Lord's anointed? And really his counsel sound like that some come from the demonic realm because he actually is the person who tells Absalom to go into all of David's concubines on top of the palace roof. Ooh. Now, now, you know, the prophet Nathan actually prophesied that was going to happen to him, but it happens to David through his son. But Ahithophel is a person who gives that counsel. He wants, he told him he needed to make himself totally odious to David because the nation had turned so horribly against King David. He had to separate himself from him to show people that, hey, I'm not in a line with my dad at all. Matter of fact, I'm going to sleep with all his wives on top of the palace roof, which is horrible. That right. advice comes from Ahithophel. So like, why, why was like, God, why would he turn like that? And most scholars believe that Ahithophel is the person who engineered that whole coup attempt. Wow. This whole scenario was all about the influence that this man was able to wield against the most anointed king ever in Israel. Now, mind you, they did this without Twitter, Facebook. Wow. Say that, <laughs> you know, man. You know, the whole time with the Arab Spring thing, you know, you had Mubarak and all these other kings in Egypt. Yeah, Gaddafi and others there in Libya, they were all taken down, you know, because of social media influence, the mobs start showing up, taking them out, taking them down. Uh, several uh, nations were shifted in that summer. Listen, this happened with King David. No Twitter, no Facebook, no social media, just the influence of human beings and the influence of what's going on in the unseen realm demonically. Wow. And so I was reading that story and the Lord said to me, William, we, you will not understand this story without understanding the power of influence. Mm. So, Sean, I thought I knew what influence is or was, but first and foremost, I didn't know the influence in a dictionary. It's not a verb. It's a noun. Mm. So I always thought of influence something that you do, but first and right. foremost, in a dictionary, it's, it's a substance. And wow. the original definition for influence rocked my world. So here it is. 1918, Merriam-Webster Dictionary says it's about influence. Influence. An ethereal fluid which flows from the stars and affects the actions and behaviors of mankind. <laughs> ethereal could mean being said could be said from the heavens. Could be said a heavenly fluid which flows from the stars and affects the actions and behaviors of mankind. Now that's that's crazy. So think about it. Here you have ethereal fluid flows from the stars which affects the actions and behaviors of mankind. So they believe back during that time that the stars had influence on people's destinies. So anything wow. that was catastrophic. They felt like it came from the stars. So it turns out the word influence and influenza are cousin words. Wow. So they didn't use a word like pandemic or epidemic back during that day when they had something that was a viral outbreak. They used the word influenza. Interesting. So as the etymology of it and the words kind of grow over time, what happens is that the word influence gets birthed out of the word influenza. Any person who had favor with the stars or who had epidemic popularity or epidemic fame was said to have influence, Ooh. right? And the part B definition that's in Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Today for influence says this, influence, an occult power held to derive from the stars. Wow. Now today, the word influence means spiritual force or moral force, which mm -hmm. knowingly or unknowingly affects the actions and behaviors of others consciously or unconsciously. So it's not if you're being influenced, it's what is influencing you. Right. We're, all, we're all being influenced one way or another. It's like the law of gravity. I think you have the law of influence, just like you have the law of gravity. We don't see gravity, but we're affected by it. Mm. Right. If I was walking and I tripped and I fell down, I didn't fall down because 
I hit a rock. I fell down because the law of gravity took over and I fell. I believe there's a law of influence too. There are different tipping points that happened at different times Ooh. and different windows uh, to different seasons, different um, uh, epics in history, hinges of history. But I believe that there are those that are there and it's incumbent upon people with the right influence to hit that, hit that vacuum, hit that open door before somebody else feels it or before somebody else tries to close or open it. And so that's what I think is really key right now. So I think there are people being raised up to have epidemic popularity, epidemic fame on one sense, but there's another understanding of this thing where we need to understand the influence that we have to exercise first in the unseen realm. Wow. Because influence first is initiated from the unseen realm before it affects any human beings on earth. It's about what, who has the ability to influence things in the heavenlies. So I'll give an example of what, what, what I'm talking about. You think about it, uh, if influence comes from the stars, then we have these stars in Revelation 12, a third of the stars that fell with Satan. Wow. They occupy that second heaven level realm. Uh, most scholars say we have three different realms in the heavenlies. We have the stars we see at night, which is the right. first realm. The third heaven, which Paul talked about, he went to the third heaven. So if you went to the third heaven, by deduction, there has to be a second and a first. That's right. And so most scholars believe that the second heaven level realm, that's where the principalities and powers, the spiritual hosts of wickedness, that's where they lodge. And so you had these Revelation 12, third of the stars that fell with Satan there. And they occupy that second heaven level realm. And they try to chain, bind, and grip the hearts and minds of people to sway their opinions away from the kingdom of light and into the kingdom of darkness by their influence. A great example of that is Job 38, 31, where God is speaking to Job and he says, Canst thou bind the sweet influences of the Pleiades? So he's saying, can you bind not just the influence, Job, but the sweet influence? The word influence there, it means to chain, bind, or grip when he says sweet influence. So these He's talking about on two different realms. He's talking about how we behold God's majesty. We look up at the stars, just how it's able to grip us. And we just lay hold of who God is. That's one thing. But on another realm, he's talking about those second heaven level stars, those principalities and powers, the spiritual wickedness in high places, their ability to chain, bind, and grip our hearts and sway our opinions by influence. But wow! so that's the angelic fallen stars. But the beautiful thing is that there's only a third of those. Come on now. We have at least two thirds according to the math. But then beyond that, Judges 5 and 20 talks about it. It's beautiful. And there was Deborah. And so Deborah is singing her spontaneous prophetic song, this amazing woman judge in Israel. But remember, she, she prophesies to Barak and she says that a woman is going to, Cicero is going to be overthrown by, by a woman, right? So she prophesies that. And so what happens? Here comes Cicero, 20 years of Midianite oppression. This captain of the Midianite army, Cicero gets into the, the, the tent of uh, J.O. They gets in J.O.'s tent and she takes a tent peg while he's sleeping, knocks him upside the head. She takes him out. And the spellbinding influence of fear and intimidation that was over the Israelite army is broken. Wow. And, and 20 years of oppression gets, turn, gets turned into 40 years of peace. Because uh, I'm a black preacher, I have to say it like this. They get, they get double for the trouble, right? <laughs> Come on now. Come on. But, but here's the deal. Deborah didn't attribute the victory to what happened in the tent. She attributed the victory to what happened in the heavenlies. She says this in Judges 5 and 20. She says, from the heavens, the stars fought. From, wow. their, from their courses, they warred against Cicero. It's like, hold up, Deborah. What are you talking about? I thought Cicero was on the earth. What did the heavenlies have to do with his defeat? She's saying, because I had favor with the bright morning star. Mm. He released his influence on my behalf. And his angelic stars warred against Cicero's demonic fallen stars. And when I got breakthrough in the heavenlies, it was done on earth as it was in heaven because I had influence in the right place. 
Will, that's deep. Because when you stake yourself to God's promises in your prayer tent, God will use your intercession like a pig to annihilate the enemy's influence. Ooh, my goodness. So we have angelic stars that war on our behalf. You see that in Daniel 10 and Daniel 9 and the, and the angel Gabriel showing up after the 21-day fast that Daniel has. And he says, hey, we've been warned, uh, warned on your behalf from the day that you started praying. Uh, for 21 days, we've been warned. In other words, that's right. he hit his knees and then inaugurated a war in the heavenlies. That's in, that's the kind of influence I'm talking about. Shifting things in the unseen realm first so that things start to manifest on earth. Come on, Will. We're, we're called to be stars too. Ooh. Not the Hollywood kind of stars. Not the, Madison, not the Madison Avenue kind of stars. Here's what it is. And so I love the way Daniel says it. Daniel 12, 3 and 4, he says it like this. The wise men in those days would shine as brightly as all the expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness would shine like the stars forever mm. and ever. Ooh, that's so good. We're supposed to be Philippians 2.15 people that shine like stars in the midst of a dark and crooked perverse generation. As light was made for darkness. So here's the deal. If people can become stars, biblically, we're called to be stars. Right. Jesus says we're the light of the world. He's the light of the world. So hold up. We're supposed to be like these lights in the midst of darkness. These folks in Hollywood, not necessarily all of them are stars. They could be said they're just celebrities right? who have favor with fallen stars. Ooh. They have favor with fallen principalities and powers, and they've been given influence, but that influence, like the flu, is making a whole lot of people sick. Preach. Preach, bro. I'll give an example of what I'm talking about. And these are folks. I'm, I'm praying for these folks, but I remember like back in the day, uh, Calvin brought a Snoop Dogg, but uh, years ago, 2004, he put out a a, a song with a video on it, said some really degrading things about women, had drug paraphernalia, other stuff in it. And then he, he talked about uh, how he, if anybody crossed him, you kill him and hide him in a place where nobody will find him, all that. Well, why is it during that time period, he puts out this intense gangster rap. Why would Leah Coca do a commercial with Snoop Dogg in order to sell Chrysler's during that time period? Wow. Why would, um, during that same time period, you had Cadillac come up with a car called the Snoop DeVille? Why would you have Orbit want to uh, have the endorsement of a gangster rapper to sell chewing gum at the same time there from Snoop Dogg? Wow. It's because he had favor with fallen stars. He had favor with fallen principalities and powers. Mm. Same thing, Stephanie Germanata, Lady Gaga. She is the first person ever in music history to have over 1 billion views of her videos online. Wow. Billion would it be? Uh, that's, that, now she did that in three years. Her for the first three years of being on the mainstream. Wow! To give you a little perspective, Michael Jackson had a long career, and he became the second person to have a billion views of his videos online. Wow! And that wow. and that didn't happen until after he died. My goodness! And so she, at that time, she had the song called "Born This Way," and, uh, and um, you know, this is again somebody we're, we're praying for. And I think yes. that a lot of people were reaching out to her during that time period. She went on Good Morning America dressed like a condom. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. And, and uh, locked herself up for three days inside of an egg to have the effect that it hit, did for a gay marriage. She actually became a priest during that time period. So she performed weddings. But my thing is this, the influence that was released from that came from a different source. It came from the other side, not from the kingdom of heaven. So there's a difference between being a celebrity and a star. But unfortunately, Sean... We have celebrities in the church, too. <laughs> oh, come on. Speak to that, bro. And we have celebrities in the church, too. See, the difference, the thing about a celebrity is that all celebrities have to be good actors. 
right? You have to act a certain way in front of the camera for just long enough. You have to act a right. certain way from you know people just long enough. So, uh, and the word for actor back in Jesus' day was the word hypocrite, which sounds kind of funny. But That's right. The, but uh, the hypocrite was an actor. Before they had the word actor, they had the word hypocrite. And so the hypocrite, they didn't have a lot of actors. They just have one or two people who would act, but they would hold up several masks and play all these different characters. Well, that's the deal with the church celebrity. They act one way Ooh. at church and they hold up a mask. They act another way at work and hold up another mask. They Ooh. act another way with their friends and hold up another mask. And here's the deal. If how things look is what matters most in your life, how things are would never get dealt with. Wow. That's why you have people right now, you have millions of social media followers, hundreds of thousands of social media followers, but your influence doesn't run deep because, because it's coming from a different place. In other words, it's all about the shallow thing. And we see that sometimes on some of our leaders right now. I remember Jack, Dave, Jack Haver said something years ago that was so profound. He says, when the church tries to become contemporary, sooner or later, it'll become temporary. Oh, because cultural fads and trends, they change, but the word of God doesn't. And so we have people now who want to use the broadest amount of favor, greatest amount of favor for the broadest amount of people. That's understand that. But then there's something else about going deep with God, going deep in your relationships and focusing more about what you're doing in the unseen in prayer, fasting, and intimacy with the Lord instead of how much time you're spending connecting with people online, algorithms, and all. I mean, I, I have to watch it myself. The Lord has dealt with me about that. And so we have to be in it and not of it because everybody's on their phone. This is where that's how we're going to reach a generation. But the way we're going to have the kind of influence to bring change, we have to get it from another realm. Bro, I love what you're saying, Will, because we're talking to influencers. This generation, yeah. we read the stat. They have made that the brass ring to be grass. They want to be that influencer. And mm -hmm. I, I heard it said, if the light is upon you greater than the light that is within you, oh, your, that's so good. your platform will become your trap door. Yes. And I think there's so many people, they have the spotlight that's so good. that they want on them. Again, if yeah. the, the light that is upon you is mm -hmm. greater than the light that is within you, your platform becomes your trap door. And I think yep. I love what you're saying, Will, because what you're saying, man, and keep your 100 listeners got to get this, is that influence comes in the prayer closet. Influence first comes mm -hmm. in terms of the influence we want to wield as kingdom people, as people of God, is that we want to get along with God. We want to get God on us. Yep. And as we do that, we recognize we're stewarding this influence because the world's way is that, hey, and it started with, with the devil who was Lucifer. Right. You know, he had all these covering stones inside of him. He was beautiful cherub. Right. But all of a sudden, it became about him. I'm not just going to lead worship under the Lord. I want you to worship me. Mm -hmm. People today in the kingdom, if we want to be influencers, right. we first have got to get to the point where God marks us. It, it, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because there's a difference between being a celebrity and a star. Say it. Yeah. You know, so I'm talking about a star from a biblical understanding, a celebrity from a worldly understanding of being an influencer. So the deal is this celebrities use people to support their authority, mm. but stars use their authority to support people. Celebrities are initiated and humiliated in order to receive their influence. You think about some of the degrading, humiliating things that people have done in sure. order to become famous. But true stars, they're not initiated. They humble themselves and they're discipled. Mm. And at the right time, God raises them up. 
Celebrities see crowds and crowns. Stars see God and lay down their crowns. Oh my goodness, bro. Yep. Celebrities build their own kingdom. Stars build God's kingdom. So the deal is this. You can either be a celebrity that's bound under the influence of the kingdom of darkness, or you could be a star that rules and reigns with Christ in heavenly places. Wow. And that's what I'm talking about, y'all. Influences. See, listen up. Yep. And you get to that level of influence after you go through a couple of things. I don't understand it all. I don't know the whys of how the kingdom operates. But the people that I know that have been crushed the most are the people that have the greatest influence in the unseen realm. Mm. And a lot of times that manifests on earth through their ministries in terms of, uh, you know, when they pray for the sick or whatever, or even the followings that they have. Sometimes those things do translate in that way. But I'm talking about lasting influence. Those, so who, those who won't quit on God. Those who, who won't just use God like he's just some backseat date or whatever. God's not, he's done with people who want to date him. He's looking for people who want to throw in the ring and go into covenant with him. He Come wants on. people who want to birth his desires in the oh. earth. He's looking for people for, for, for good or for bad, for better, for worse. And if you get to that place and lay down love with him, you will go to a whole new place of influence. I love that, Will. Because the thing is this, in all the definitions I saw for the word influence. I kept seeing the word effect, A-F-F-E-C-T, effect, which makes up the word affection. Mm -hmm. So influence at its core is all about arresting the affections of someone else so powerfully they cannot make a decision without you in mind. That's so good. Will, yeah. man, I'm telling you what, yeah. you are dropping such nuggets. What does kingdom influence look like in the marketplace? It means everything. Believers don't change the marketplace. We cannot change the world. Wow. And so you guys who are in the marketplace, this, you are the key people for shifting the nations of the earth. You are the, we need people like you with influence from heaven, sitting down at the marketplace of ideas and reorienting people to the ways of God's kingdom. And so you are key. I, I would say for the marketplace folks, this is the greatest time for you to be alive. This, yeah. is, this is your moment. I love that. Yeah. But just to understand that there are places for us to influence and is that there are believers and people that are in universities, people that are training right now, people that are starting out in different yeah. fields, that we need you in that education. We need you in that government. We need right. you in that entertainment industry. We need you in the, the marketplace for yeah. you to be who God's called you to be to impact the world. Will, man, last question. Oh, my God, yeah. this is amazing. What is the connection between the discipling of the nations and influence? The deal is this. We need to make sure that we can disciple the nations and the nations aren't discipling us. Wow. Mm. In other words, we cannot defeat what we embrace. And the world is not looking for people who are compromising. The world is looking for people who are different. We can't copy the world and call it Christian and say, hey, y'all, y'all, you want to be like us? And like, I'm already like that. Uh, I, I watch the same stuff on Netflix. You do what? I mean, I go to the same movies that you do. What does your Christianity have to offer me that's any different? We have to be peculiar people. Come on, you know, now. Peculiar, like, it's biblical. Yeah, peculiar people. Pecu that word peculiar was actually attributed to a, a, a precious jewel in a jewelry box. Wow. But peculiar jewels were the ones that were taken out. They had their own box. That's huh. who you are, believer. Listen, you're peculiar. You're a star. You're not a celebrity. You may, you're cut from different stuff. And you're called to be different, to be an influencer. You're God's tuning fork to a generation. There are some people that won't respond to anything that Sean and I will say, but God has set up his own sphere of influence for you right. because, because they're part of your sphere of authority. They're part of your sphere of influence. 
and it will begin to grow as you begin to cultivate your relationship with the Lord. It'll grow as you begin to care more about people than your own agenda. But that's so awesome. We, can't, we cannot allow ourselves to get to this place of compromise where we, we're chasing likes and hearts and retweets and reposts. And we wind up saying what people want to hear instead of saying what they need to hear, saying what God's telling us to tell them instead of you know, giving what engineers want to be entertained by. Will, man, I'm telling you what, bro, you have taken us on a journey. You have dropped knowledge. Keep it 100 Tribe. Hey, how can we follow you? How can we support you? Yeah, we can follow us. I post most of my stuff through 818 The Sign okay. uh, on, on my Facebook page. And so go there. Also to uh, the Charisma Podcast Network, Be The Sign. But uh, yeah, follow me. And um, follow us, keep following Sean and Christian. Keep it 100. They've been keeping them 100 for a minute. This, <laughs> this man has opened more doors for me than, uh, than anybody can even uh, realize. So anyway, I thank God for the friendship and the connection. And it's been amazing. Wow, Will. Thank you for that. That was truly incredible. What a profound conversation. I love how you just broke it down. He challenges each of us to live out the influencer. You and I, our listeners, who were called to be for God. Wasn't that so good? Awesome. It was amazing. As always, to our Keep It 100 tribe, we want you to take away five qualities of what it is to be an influencer because we're calling out the influencer in you. Number one, respectability. You know, we have to understand that the life we live is so connected to our credibility. And when we live a life of consistency and our integrity, it not only leads to a positive reputation, it leads to influence. When people know that they can respect you, when they know you're credible, when they know that you are consistent with your value in your belief system and you're living for God, not only are you trustworthy, you're now one that carries the influence that God's given you and you're stewarding what God's given you through respectability. That is so incredible. The second quality of an influence is passion. Yeah. It's proven that people that are passionate influence others and their excitement is actually infectious. And I, when I think of passion, I think of a person that truly cares about the vertical component. That means that first we are passionate about Jesus. And as we're passionate about Jesus, then what when we begin to speak, that passion really carries heaven's touch upon it. And I really believe for the new emerging influencers that are coming out, values are going to be central to this group. And the third thing I've actually understood about passion, it's easier to become an influencer and harder to stay one. So true. They've seen that believers in their first year of being saved lead the, lead the majority of people that they ever will lead to Christ. They lead in their first year. Mm. And I believe part of it is that that's when we're most passionate. And then after a while, our passion drops off. And as our passion drops off, so does our ability to influence others. So it's important to maintain your passion. That's so good. You know, the third quality of what it is to be an influencer is authenticity. You and I can all agree, and all our listeners will agree with us, few things turn us off like people that are inauthentic. You know, the reality is if someone is inauthentic and they're wearing masks or they're being fake or a poser, or if they're someone that is not true to who they are, and you know that they're kind of putting up a front and they're presenting themselves not accurate to who they really are, that is that is so inauthentic and it's so hard to feel like you can trust them and that they're someone that you go, okay, I'm going to actually allow you to speak into my life because they're not even being authentic to themselves. And I think what's so important is when we remove the mask and we're just honest about who we are, there really is 
is a safety that comes with that where people go, okay, I can trust you. And again, we're coming back to that place of authenticity of knowing who you say you are, you really are. As you do that, that opens up and keeps doors of influence open. Fourth quality of an influencer is visibility. Jesus said in Matthew 5.15 to do not hide your light underneath a bushel. In other words, your light must be visible. You have to have visibility. The difference between a reformer and a refugee is a refugee hides, but a reformer is out in the open. Mm. We're not called to be a subculture. We're called to be a counterculture. So So in order to influence people, you cannot just hide in Christian buildings that are A-frame and stained glass. You've got to get out in the marketplace and be at the university, be at your workplace, be online and just be that light. That's so good. The fifth and last quality of being an influencer is the area of authority. When you walk in authority, you know who you are in Christ Jesus. That is what is going to be your greatest place of influence. Mark's 12, 37, it really talks about how Jesus, he, he was so loved by the common people, by the tax collector, the prostitute. They would sit and have conversations with him. They would sit and share meals. Why? Because there was an approachability and a connectability about Jesus. When people know you're just like them and they know that you're the person next door, you you get their struggles, you get where they've at because you've lived the same things. They're able to not only draw wisdom from you and encouragement from you, but there is a commonality of, hey, we're going to walk this together and we're going to get through it together. And there's an authority that you walk in because you walk in the light and the wisdom of God. That is so good. I love that. Awesome. You know what? Keep it 100 Tribe. We have set, we love doing this with you every week. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in, for giving us your time, because we want you to know we build this content for you. So as always, thanks so much for coming and joining us as always every Tuesday. And we want to thank you for those that have been rating us, giving us five-star reviews. We're so grateful for your feedback. I tell you what, Sean and I read every single one and we're so yes. encouraged and it really motivates us to keep doing what we're doing. As always, continue to get the word out. Continue to, if you haven't already, review us, rate us, and share us. We want to get this podcast out to as many people as possible. And that happens because of you guys. Thanks so much for doing that. Check us out at shawnachristensmith.com during the week, anytime. And as always, find us on Facebook at Shauna Christensmith Ministries. We love to continue to hear how this podcast has impacted you. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, you want to join us next week as we are going to hit the crucial topic of fears phobias, and anxieties. We recognize in the season that we're in that many people find themselves with fears that they're facing that they've never faced before. We want to talk to you how to fight down those fears. So until next week, remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation to change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it